Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Do paranormal parasites have names? Are ghosts really the remnants of dead people? Could people reincarnate as aliens? Greetings and welcome to the 863rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those diverse questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. Our scheduled guests uh, today had to reschedule, unfortunately, so we will bring you a sort of uh, improv, open-line show instead, and we welcome your calls. The number is 401-766-1240 from anywhere, or email paul at com or contact us via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now, Shane Searway, our honored guest co-host for these open-line shows, was unable to join uh, join us because of the short notice, but we will um, press on. All right, so we have, I don't even know where to begin here, so many questions. Uh, okay, well, Ben's doing the producer thing. On, oh, okay. Do we have a caller already? We do, and it is the, not only, uh, uh, wow, I really messed that up. It is the well, who is Susan it? Spooler. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was trying to keep you in suspense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't need suspense at my age. Thank you, Susan. Welcome back to the show. What's cooking? Hi, Paul. Huh? Perfect Hi, Paul. timing. What, 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 what's the joke? How do you keep a turkey in suspense? I, I can't hear, hear that. Oh well, I'm sorry. It is okay. the AC. Okay. You should be. You should be able to hear it now. Can you hear it better? Can you, I can, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, that, that's good. Okay. Okay. So the joke goes: How do you keep a turkey in suspense? Uh, uh, well, How? Well, I don't know if the turkey is at me. I'll tell you later. <laughs> oh. Okay, Susan, you're on a roll. You're on a roll. <laughs> so what else um, is cooking here? Oh, I'm just call- calling to, uh, to alert everyone of the, uh, the Greater New England UFO Conference and Film Festival. We will be meeting at um, the Wilton Town Hall Theater in Wilton, New Hampshire. And that will be the weekend of Columbus Day weekend, October 9th to the 11th. And we will be honoring you, Paul Eno, um, at this at this event on Saturday evening. And then you'll be doing your show on the Sunday. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, we were talking about that just just before we went on the air today, and uh, we like uh, doing shows remotely, and especially with our good friends uh, in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. So um, it's always a thrill. It's always a thrill. And there are always some unex- unexpected, you know, ups and downs, and the usually ups. So we're looking yes. forward to that. And our guest that day uh, will be Nigel Watson, the British uh, uh, UFO expert and researcher and author, uh, who'll be joining us remotely, of course. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And then we're going to have some discussion with the audience and uh, do what we can. So it should be great. That's absolutely, absolutely. Did you want me to uh, read, read off some of the meets the, uh, we're going to be having? Yeah, please. Or- some of the movies. Um, we'll be, I'll be. I'm putting the. I'm still putting the schedule together, but we'll be having um, Fire in the Sky, uh, Walton movie, uh, Day the Earth Stood Still, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Queen of Outer Space from 1958, starring Zsa Zsa Gabor. Oh my um, goodness! <laughs> War of the Worlds, 1953 version. Um, we're probably having this island Earth. We might be playing the blob, depending on tiring. Um, Fire Maiden of Outer Space from 1956. 
Um, it came from outer space and from 1953, and we're also looking at teenagers from outer space from 1959. Um, and we're, um, I'm just still waiting on the arrival of the Betty and, uh, the UFO incident, the Betty and Barney Hill story. And then on Saturday afternoon, uh, we'll be having the 1929 classic, Woman in the Moon, and Jeff Rapsis will be playing the piano to that. That's one of the first, uh, that's the first UFO movie that was, uh, or, or space movie that was, uh, put out. And so he'll be playing the piano as he does uh, many other of uh, the, uh, uh, silent films that the Wilton Town Hall Theater plays. Um, the Wilton Town Hall Theater is haunted, of course. And, um, it was built back in the 1800s. They used to have Bondville there, which is very exciting. Oh yeah, the, uh, I'm I'm excited already. That that's really amazing. Well, um, Ben's going to be up there, uh, of course, for the show, and then whenever whatever else he he can uh, spare the time for. But I'll be up there uh, hopefully for the whole event, and uh, we're just looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll be so there with bells on. And we'll be playing, we'll be playing um, uh, Bigfoot movies as well. Uh, the Boggy. What's that? Uh, Legend of Boggy Creek. Boggy, Legend of Boggy Creek. Oh, I and, saw that in uh, the drive-in theater when it first came out. <laughs> oh, dear. I thought, that was, I thought that was pretty creepy. Coming in at the, you know, the, the whole, you know, you're at the drive-in and God knows what's around you, right? Oh, I know it. It was, it's a long story, but it was, it was an experience. Oh, my word. <laughs> we'll also be playing, um, uh, the, the premiere playing of, uh, Alexander Petrov's Lions of the East, as part of the, the oh, I'm in that series, and then we'll and then we'll be playing other uh, the on the trail of a couple of his videos on the trail of Bigfoot, on the trail of UFOs. So um, so he's, uh, he'll be helping out with that as well. And it's better and, and better. Interesting. Uh, I have a lot. I have a lot of surprises. That uh, as I sounds as great. As I, as well, I always do. So well, Susan, after being uh, you know laid up in in lockdowns and everything else for the past almost, you know, months and months, I think that it'll be a real uh, cathartic event to just get out and do something. You know, mm. that's great. Absolutely. And, and everyone, you know, we ask everyone to wear a mask and then once they're seated in the Yeah, theater. I may be on the other side of the room, but uh, I'll be there. Yeah, but that's, but that's okay. And, and the website is um, newenglandufo.com, and uh, we're selling tickets to Eventbrite, and then there's a, there's a link on the website uh, to buy tickets here, or people can uh, buy them at the door. Outstanding. Oh. Very good. Well, cool. thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, call again next week. We'll keep this in front Absolutely. of people. Absolutely. Thank Very you good. so much for your time, and I'll and I look forward to seeing you guys. And have a wonderful day. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see you there. Take All care. right. Take care. Okay, Ben. You Ben, you owe me something. I know. I, I was I was just just thinking that now. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Get back to me. You got it. <laughs> Take care. Bye. All right. Bye. <clears throat> well, <there, clears throat> excuse me. Well, how do we top that? Well, I guess we go to Peter from Bogota, Colombia, who is a very faithful listener and sends in really, really interesting questions. Um, so I... There oh, we, we have yeah. it separately this we time. We have it separately, yes. We, yes. That's, those are our questions that came in on Facebook. I'm pretty used to being, being in the packet, so to speak. A couple um, of them go back to 2012, but we, we, we're getting there. Uh, do, 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 do. So Peter writes to us, uh, Do you have any contact with the father of uh, Paranormal Mystery Radio, uh, Long John Nebel, or, uh, and or the famous researcher Hans Holzer? Okay. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, Peter, how old you actually think I am. <laughs> uh, 
Long John Nabel, uh, who was born in 1911, uh, went on the air in 1954, and he had a very uh, stellar career, rather, uh, with uh, New York Radio, WOR, WNBC, etc. Um, I was one year old when he went on the air, and uh, in 1977... When he, uh, I believe that was his last year on the air, uh, I was in the seminary and I was 24 years old. Unfortunately, I did not have any contact with him. However, uh, our good friend and a, uh, an occasional uh, co-host of this show, Timothy Green Beckley, Tim Beckley, who was a legend in the UFO community, uh, was on the air with Long John Nabel a number of times and uh, was sort of a fixture on his show for a while. And uh, he, he has told us many stories about about him, uh, he is. Um, when Nabel uh, first went on the air in 1954, there was a lot of skepticism about whether a show about the paranormal could have any success. But the uh, the managers of the radio stations he was on were astounded at the success that immediately came to the the, the late night uh, slot that uh, Long John Nabel uh, filled, and he was a, certainly a precursor to the modern uh, coast to coast AM. And, uh, you know, which is hosted pretty much, you know, by, by George Nury and, uh, uh, George Knapp and a few other friends of ours too. And it was very successful. So, uh, he was, succe- when he went off the air in 77, he was succeeded by, of all people, Larry King. And, uh, now Larry King did not do a paranormal show, but, you know, occasionally he will, de- I know that, He's had he had Stanton Friedman on more than once, you know, in in more recent years. So it's, uh, it was a long story, but that's a long way of saying uh, I did not know Long John Nabel. Now the other thing uh, that is asked in the question here uh, by Peter is Hans Holzer, mm. certainly a legend uh, in the 20th century paranormal community. Uh, he was um, there, there were sort of 19th century legends like and early 20th century like Harry Price, people like that, but. Hans Holzer, uh, who was born in 1920, so he was younger than Long John Nabel, uh, I did not know him either, I'm afraid. Now, he was around till 2009. I know that he knew of about us, uh, but somehow we never really made the connection. I, I think the Warrens knew him, Ed and Lorraine Warren, because Ed, Ed referred to having uh, met him. And I know that... Um, when it came to the Amityville horror case in the 1970s, uh, Hans Holzer was involved in that and even wrote a book about it. Now, because I'm about the only one who was not involved in that case because of my seminary schedule. I was at the other end of the state during that. Lorraine Warren wrote me letters during that case. Uh, however, uh, <clears throat> which I have, which I'm rather skeptical of anyway. So I did not know either Long John Nabel or Hans Holzer. Uh, but I know people who did know them, so I, that's probably not a very satisfying answer. But that's essentially what the what the case is. So, what's what's number two here? Oh yes. So number two is um, in a couple of your past shows, I asked guests about names the entities uh, used for themselves, and got the response that they do not give themselves names. Uh, is this also true in your case of parasites? I understand you've given names. Uh, for the various species of parasites, uh, but do they have their own names? Uh, and there's a third part, which is, I'm still unclear on how you communicate with them, or, or how they communicate with you. All right, well, out of the names, I mean, you mean like Steve or something? I, mean, I, I don't know. I am Steve the Parasite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I don't mean to make fun of the question. It's a good question. We have, 
and I, I did not. I, I think that was a guest who said that they do not give themselves names. It wasn't us, I don't think. Now, with that being said, in my last book, uh, Dancing Past the Graveyard, came out last year. I said all kinds of things, wrote all kinds of things that I did not ever want to write about earlier. But as I've, I've often said, you get to a certain age and you just don't care what people think. Because a lot of it, particularly at the end, it sounds like where, where there's a section on what ghosts have to say about God, uh, a question that um, ought to be dealt with perhaps a little more. And I think the answer is being somewhat surprising. I just didn't want to write about these things because it sounded as if I'm doing the medium thing. And I'm, we're always advising people not to do that, don't trust it. But um make a long story short, I have run into a lot of, entities with names and I believe these were just people. Probably the strangest one was in uh, 1986, 1987 and I I, I communicated with with this entity eight times and I I don't mean I sat down and did a seance. I don't mean I sat there and tried to communicate. I sat there in a meditative state and I met another person who who in my opinion was in a parallel world, not Something nobody was dead or anything like that. That's not our theory or our method. But this this was right near here where we're broadcasting from. It was in Cumberland, Rhode Island, in a um, uh, archaeological site. And I happened to be in the enviable position of being uh, vice chairman of the Historic District Zoning Commission. So I was allowed access to sites, archaeological sites in the area that most people would not be allowed uh, to enter. This particular woman. Uh, she said, uh, and again, it's, it can be difficult. You actually do sort of hear the, you know, you, when you're on the verge of sleep, you often will hear a voice mm. or a dog or something, and it's very strange. It's a, it's a sort of a phenomenon, and it's, I don't know how paranormal it is, but it's just a point where you're um, in a hypnagogic state, where, where it's it's more, um, you know, you're susceptible to what I think are stimuli from other realities. So. Uh, this Native American, First Nations woman, uh, said her name was Wessawonk. And I, I looked at I had to look it up because her English was terrible. And a lot of the words were Algonquian, and I had to look up what they meant. And all, you run into this. Uh, not everybody speaks English among our neighbors out there. And a lot of them don't even are not verbal at all and it can be very difficult but, but Wessawant means name so her name was name <laughs> so but, but I got clearly the, the idea that, that this is what her name was I, I don't know maybe that uh, maybe I got it wrong but um, that, that, as far as names are concerned that's a very strange name name uh, I run into Bob uh, who was stuck in a church in Virginia his memory changed as we spoke uh, Gilbert in Augensburg, New York, uh, when I was a seminary student there, and the Vera uh, in California, Richard in a world of endless aloneness, I suspect that he was a suicide, and again, not ghosts, actual people, body and all, living in parallel realities. This is part of our what we we refer to as the progressive approach to the paranormal, uh, ideas that are uh, not necessarily our own. Uh, but that we have found to be true. And progressive, I use that without any uh, political overtones intended. 
So, uh, Ben, any thoughts on this? Uh, but parasites, I think he's right. I, um, I have not encountered uh, any that have names except during exorcisms. Okay? And I'm thinking particularly of the one that comes up now in the 1973, uh, the exorcism of Barbara at the St. Lawrence State Hospital. Uh, of course, a very hush-hush. Doctor was present. I was present as an assistant to uh, the priest who was performing this. And this is all in the book, uh, Dancing Past the Graveyard. But the, in the uh, exorcism ritual of the Roman Catholic Church, anyway, there is a demand that the entity give its name. This, and, and, I, and I asked uh, Father Lawrence, that's his first name, how do you, why do we believe these things? I mean, when it gives its name. And uh, they don't always do. But he said, well, they're bound by the authority of Christ to, to give the name uh, and to um, th- that it be correct. But, I mean, I, th- this particular thing's name was Chow, so it said. That's what the girl said, too. Uh, but I didn't necessarily believe it, and all kinds of problems resulted because it, it knew that I was being skeptical and all this. But whatever. Uh they do tend to give names, not always, but but sometimes. So whether that's actually their name, I don't know. So I suppose from that point of view, parasites, which I think do this, uh, as opposed to the folklorish idea of demons, th- this is uh, they do give names, but I don't necessarily believe them uh, because I think they use the exorcism ritual against us. I think that they feed upon it and get stronger at times. They do what we want them to do in order to push our buttons. So I'm a minority voice in that in this field and as I am in just about everything else in the field. Well, I, I think I think it, it's it's uh, it's a logical thing to do, right? Um, <clears throat> if you walk into a situation and you're meeting somebody, there's a few things that you do. What's the first thing you do when you meet somebody? Well you shake their hand. Or you used to in the old world. Well along with shaking their hand. Give me a name. Right. Yeah. So that's that's the first thing you do. And that gives them power over you. Right. Well, I mean, according to ancient belief, right, names were powerful. Well, handshaking is also another symbol of saying I don't have any weapons. Exactly. Me, right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, hey, I'm not gonna not gonna attack you, bud. You know, my name is blank, mm. and you know, whatever. Um, but that's a human thing to do, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I've never thought of asking for names. That just because it's just not not my assumption. Yeah, you're right. I've never never thought to ask, never cared to ask, because it's not it's not the first thing you do. But if your assumption is, oh well, it's dead people, the first thing you do is, this is a person. Mm. I will ask for a name, or in this case, you know, I assume that this is a fallen angel. Typically, angels have names. You ask yeah. for the name, and you know that that's that's just it's the assumption, right? Because you assume that it's human to human. And not human to alien, right? You're so, right. Yeah. So look at look at ETs, right? They don't. They never give themselves. Yeah, but do they have names too? That's the question, right? You never, yeah. you know, say somebody say somebody's, you know, having an abduction experience. You know, they're not going to say, "Oh, hi, my name's Bill. What's your oh, name?" Oh, Jack the ET. Right? right. You just you assume that the that you know that they never give names, right? That's just well, th- there are some cases that I'm very skeptical about where they sometimes. Do give names, right? But that's um, that's a very, yeah. that's, you know maybe it's from studying human behavior and seeing oh it makes them more comfortable yeah. if you know a name, assuming that there is an actual name, right? Yeah. So it's like you know any anything 
that's that's been among us for a while kind of learns our quirks and habits and if there's any sort of thing that's that understands this it's parasites yeah you're right that they they would know oh this would make them feel more comfortable therefore i can slip in by mm-hmm. giving them a name yeah and i'm i'm going to be honest peter i've i've never thought of asking never thought of it never cared to because i know i'm not dealing with another human yeah it would i think it would be a distraction right you don't want to get chummy with these things you know? Right. That's 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 the assumption. Yeah. If if you're saying, oh well, my name is Ben, that's almost like you're giving up power to whatever this thing is, whatever that whatever yeah, that yeah, name, yeah, whatever that may mean, right? Yeah. So that's that that's sort of my first answer to the question. Um, and the second one, you know, uh, it would be you know kind of along the same lines. Yeah, that it's like, I think I think communicating is is the wrong word. What? What are we looking at? Yeah, everybody's looking at me, and you're talking. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep switching back and forth. I apologize. I got I got caught on a on a train of thought, um, and now I lost it. Nope. I oh, remember. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> how how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I, um, but th- thank you uh, for reminding me to press the right button. Anyway, um, where was I going with this? I was going along the train of thought of well, ETs and the names and. I was a little further. I think I developed it a little more at that point, um, which would be oh, communicating, right? Yeah. I think communicating is a really bad word for it. Um, I think that 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 assumes that there's that that there's verbal contact of some sort, and it's not, right? I think I think that the assumption is that we're sort of yelling into the into the vast emptiness of of a space, and and we get to the point where it's like that that's oh, that's kind of where we are. Oh, that. Yes. Um, yes. I'm not easily startled, but uh, ah, our uh, beloved station manager came in and uh, scared. He me. does know how to get yeah. the drop on us. That is. That yes, is, that's right. Yes, that's why sure. he's the station manager. I mean, that's, we're not. that's yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, that is a very good point. Right. <laughs> that's that's sort of one of the one of the top qualities. <laughs> being able to <laughs> being silent. <laughs> being silent. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you guys are talking about poltergeists and ghosts. I walk in and you're scared. Well, it's what not does s- that say? It's, uh, not, it's not scared. It's we'll startled. Ch- There's a difference. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll change the subject. Any, <laughs> anyway, um, communication is a bad word for it because that assumes that we're walking in and we're sort of yelling into the vastness of space, give me your name, give me your, your whatever, it's communicate. And that's not really what it is. It's more of understanding rather than communicating. The English language is just vastly unprepared to talk about any of this, because it's you know you say one word and and it portrays a false picture of what's happening, hmm. and you know the the sort of assumption is that you father and your example are sitting on a rock, and you know this this um, Algonqu- Algonquian woman comes up and says her name is name. If that's what she says, I was sitting on a rock, actually. Or maybe she's saying, or maybe she's asking a question, which is, "What is your name?" Perhaps, yeah. And who knows, right? That's the thing: is that it's not quite communication as much as it is understanding of Mm. of the the other in this instance. And I think that the the way that we're we're sort of seeing this this picture is is more of that. We're seeing a picture. And much like a painting, sort of looking at it, we don't yell at the painting, what do you mean? We try to understand what it is. And I think that's more of where we are at 
in sort of this quote-unquote communication process. Mm. It's more of an understanding of where the other is at versus, you know, (laughs) belting questions at it Mm. and berating it to try and understand what it is. Well, a lot of groups seem to do that. They'll go in. uh, A term came up in the Warren documentary that that we were in, the uh, Devil's Road, the True Story of Lorraine Warren on the Travel Channel. That debuted on uh, Labor Day, September 7th. The term religious provocation, which I think is a very bad idea. Um, that was, I, I think that was a later development maybe in the Warrens because uh, I, I never saw them do that when I was around in the 70s. But be that as it may, uh, these are all things that, that, that might involve using a name uh, and, and asking for, and doing exactly what you said not to do, which I think is very wise, you know, questions back and forth and all that. Um, anyway, it's, it is a matter of understanding. It's very well put. Thank you. Okay, so uh, what, what's the last bit of Peter's uh, question? He was just unclear on how the communication worked. That, that oh, was, okay. That was the last bit. It, it, it's very different, and again, I don't want people to think I'm doing... I don't think I, I was ever doing the mediumistic thing. It was always meditative state, and you just... It's, it's an encounter, you know, and very often uh, they were afraid of me because they thought I was a ghost. I mean, the same kind of thing that, that we would uh, see in some cases where you're just dealing with someone on the other side of the membrane, as a physicist would call it, uh, which, which might be plasma charge, and they'd see you as glowing or whatever. And it's just a matter of, un- as Ben said so well, understanding. A matter of understanding. Me, I do hear uh, the voices in my ear sometimes, uh, the, the spatial... Uh, and I know I don't. Do, I haven't done this for a long time. I don't. I don't recommend it. I don't make a habit of it. It's just sort of things that that happen in an attempt to understand what was going on in the so-called haunted house. Irony. Yeah. So uh, it's it's up by the ceiling or it's down. And sometimes in the, very strange spatial relationships. That's one of the oddities about the the physics involved here. So mm. so so that's essentially how it takes. It's verbal with me. Uh, sometimes, as I say, uh, th- there's a, a language barrier. Uh, language I never even heard, never mind could understand. Mm. Uh, I've had communications in, uh, or excuse me, uh, encounters in a very strange form of Latin. Uh, and again, it, it all depends. I mean, it's a very big multiverse out there, and there are a lot of neighbors, and, uh, you know, some are, you know, m- most are, are okay, neutral. Others are very hostile, and some just can't communicate. It, it, it's quite... Um, Quite the first day of school in, in that sense, but it, you know, I think the whole medium thing is a not only a mistake but uh, a wrong approach. Mm. Anyway, so well, on that note, we should probably head to yes, a break. Yes, yes, already halfway through. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 12:40 a.m. and 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We will be right back. night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnye.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? And we're back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 12:40 a.m. and 99.5 FM. And uh, today we—I uh, was looking forward to our scheduled guests today because they were a sort of a mother, stepdaughter 
paranormal team, kind of almost like female versions of us, and they, they even kind of think the same way. They, they adopt this, what we call a sort of a progressive approach to the paranormal, and new ideas and uh, better uh, physics and things of this kind, which we feel is correct. But in any case, they had to reschedule, and uh, we'll be hearing from them later this year, uh, probably in December. So we'll let you know about that. So let's uh, move on to our next question, Ben. Uh, who is it from? Uh, it's not so much a question as it is a statement, but I suppose you okay. can turn it into a question if you'd like, uh, which is Todd from Ohio. And Todd writes to us, Over the past five years, you have helped me distill my views on the multiverse. During this pivotal time in our world, I would like to think uh, that help might be extended to us uh, from another place. If not, we at least have the assurance that there are plenty of other realities that are healthy and happy. Yeah, this has come up a lot lately. Uh, we have um, a lot of problems in the country today and in the world, certainly uh, not the least of which, of course, is this terrible pandemic. Uh, we've all been touched by that one way or the other. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, Todd has a point. Certainly uh, in the multiverse idea, that is adopted that has been adopted by many physicists all possibilities are out there in concrete reality somewhere or somewhere and it all in our opinion um, theologically even forms a great elegant whole where everything is is really complete it's just that we don't have the awareness of it maybe we're not at that point in our evolution or we're, or we're just too narrow in, in seeing it so yeah, I mean, I think that there are many, many uh, other worlds where things are quite different, much worse in some cases, or much better in others. What say you, Ben? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's I, th- I think something to kind of kind of use is is um, realizing that there's kind of a balance that that sort of exists um, in kind of all 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 facets. I think it's really easy to focus on all the negative stuff. It's super easy to. Actually, um, I remember hearing a statistic. I don't know how true it is, but that uh, human memory, uh, 90% of it is us focusing on bad stuff. 90% of human memory is usually bad stuff. Um, oh, that's, a, that's depressing. Right. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, you know, the, the other 10% is usually really good stuff, which is, you know, yeah, it's kind of something to, to think about, right? I mean, look at, look at, you know, sort of news media, like major news media outlets, you know, 90% of it is usually bad. Right, everything's terrible. Yeah, you know. speaking from forty years in journalism, yeah. Right. Well, it's because you know, for whatever reason, it's it's very engaging to us, and I think that it's very very easy to kind of get get caught in that that sort of that that net of focusing on all the bad stuff, which yeah, certainly there is, and we shouldn't forget about it. That's you know, kind of being a good good citizen, but at the same time, you know, dwelling on it and ruminating is also not helpful either. Well, one of the good things that I, I'm always stressing, and we, we both always stress, is that these separate parts of the multiverse are not mutually exclusive. No. They influence each other. They pass through one another. Energy is exchanged. Sometimes even beings are exchanged. Matter as well. And the idea being that um, the more positive we make our lives in our wherever our consciousness is, the more positive... Our super life will be. That's a term we had to invent just to talk about these concepts. But there are many versions of us in these different worlds, and it's all part of us. And really, we're all part of each other in a very, very real way that it's hard to to emphasize uh, how concrete it is. Mm. So the more positive we make things in our own world, 
the more we love our families, the more we fulfill our responsibilities, the more we acts of kindness for other people. Little things, they really add up, and they echo across the multiverse. So we, we can improve everything by drawing in positive energy. That, that, that's our whole parasite solution. When when that was you, know, you bring in positive energy to displace the negative energy, it uh, for one thing it it uh, cuts off the food supply for parasites and it makes everybody's life better mm. everywhere and everyone. Yeah. So it's 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 really a very simple answer. Yeah, you know, and I I think that there's this sort of temptation to kind of you know assume that everything is separate, nothing touches. Well, that, that's the Western. Well, that's really the modern mind. Pretty you much, know, yeah. Pigeonhole everything, and you, know, you, you take it dog. apart in order to find out what red instead of putting it together to right. find out how it works. Yeah, so I mean, that's easy to do, and I think that that's a really positive, you know, sort of outlook, which is, you know, as rough as things are here, they're not rough everywhere, and as much as as much as life is rough, we have the ability to at least, you know, kind of ri- rise above it in some way, shape, or form. Right. That's, okay. That's kind of the message of that. Uh, right. Or are you, are you looking for something specific? No, no, I'm just looking at the, the, the daunting stack of questions we have from listeners. <laughs> See, that's why I started crossing them uh, out a while ago, so that we know which ones we answered uh, no, and which the, ones we did. <laughs> yeah, well, th- these go back. Anyway, I, that's I just, true. it's overwhelming. Well, shall, shall we move on? Yes, we, we shall. Okie dokie. So Michelle uh, from Blackstone, Massachusetts, right here in our listening area, writes to us, uh, listen to your show for many years. Uh, this is the first time I'm writing in. Well, congratulations and thank you. Um, <laughs> I was ghost hunting until I, I brought something home with me about 10 years ago. Uh, I wish I heard your advice about not ghost hunting before that happened, uh, but I followed your advice and uh, worked hard to make everything positive in my life. Uh, you know, whatever it, it and whatever it was left. Uh, my question is, why aren't more paranormal researchers using your ideas? I think they would get better results. All right. Well, I don't want. To, but it's funny that that uh, what we just said leads right into that question. We, you know, and we don't want to be self-serving. But, but uh, no, because we could be wrong. <clears throat> yeah, of course. But being um, positive is always helpful. Oh yeah, you can't, nobody's wrong about that. Always be positive, you know. But we hear from. We're often criticized for criticizing or being overcritical of uh, paranormal investigators. Now, my main criticism is that uh, most of them don't have the background for it, don't have any experience, but the question is, you know, what, what is the background that you, had to, you would have to have for this sort of thing? Even clergy, I mean, having studied in the seminary for many years, priests are not generally trained about how to deal with this, neither are other clergy. Certain ones uh, are sort of developed, uh, as far as their expertise is concerned, in order to deal with it when it comes up. But as a rule, they're not trained. So uh, it's, it's a difficult situation. As far as bringing things home is concerned, uh, that's a story we hear frequently. People, I don't think, have any idea what they're touching, what they're trying to influence. Uh, and I cringe, especially when ghost hunting groups take, a, take it upon themselves to counsel people uh, in homes. Uh, or, on the other hand, uh, the opposite, which Ben has, has uh, noticed uh, many times too, is that they pay attention to the phenomena rather than the people. Mm. The, and the, it's the people who are the, the root of the phenomena. It's yeah. happening because of the people. Uh, as Shane Searoy often says, it's not people; it's people that are haunted, not places. So these these are all issues. But I think there are a number of groups uh, who tell us that they are using our methods, and that kind of makes me cringe a little bit too, because. Regardless of the method or the theory you're using, 
you're still coming you're seeking out contact with something that just is not good to be with now on the other side of the coin are people who are minding their own business and all of a sudden they are confronted with the paranormal uh, there's a, a alien abduction experience, or what they believe is 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 that experience, uh, parent you know, a haunted house kind of thing going on that people just don't expect and just just sort of fall on their laps. Mm. Things happening spontaneously that they didn't uh, really expect or or uh, ring the dinner bell for. So it's it's a very very complex issue, and we don't mean to be overcritical. And uh, we, as Ben says, we could be wrong. Uh, it works for us, but I, I don't know. I just we still think it's best to sort of avoid the entire thing. Except you know, if you want, if you're interested in it, listen to the show. Try to find decent books to read. And there's an awful lot of rubbish out there uh, written about this stuff too. But I don't know. It's just you have to make your own decisions. Mm, yeah, that's true. I, I I tend to agree. Um, I think I think kind of you know positivity is the best policy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- 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 that's sort of an ironclad. Insurance policy in, in, for anything in life, normal, paranormal, we, anything at all. I think it's always good to be positive. Right, and that doesn't necessarily mean you know like heap heap positivity on top of on top of you know problems that you have. Oh yeah, I it doesn't think. mean being naive. No, 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 no. I think I think uh, there's there's sort of a, a a lesson to be learned that you know be be positive, but also be cautious. I think that that's that's sort of a good a good policy in life in general, right? You know, yes. not everybody has has your best has their you know has your best interests in mind, and I think that the best thing to do is to be positive but be wary. Um, yes, and that that sort of is a good a good way to be when when in doubt, you know. Um, and I think that that's that's sort of like the the lowest common denominator, right? Whether you believe our theories or not, you know the. I always think it's interesting that, you know, whatever the person's belief system that gets brought into the space, the space reflects it. And I don't know if that's a matter of us understanding it or perspective or if it's, if it's you know, sort of like, you know, kind of what we expect brings that, that reality from whatever multiversal place that it is in kind of brings, brings it through. Not really sure, but, you know, what we... All we know is all we know, and it's it's surprisingly little what we do know, <laughs> and yeah, yes, and exactly. if, if we know it at all, and yes. I I think that that's you know every day is the first day of school, and you know basically just stick with with what what's been working, you know if if it, if it works, chances are you know it's there's something good about it. Mm-hmm. There you are. Cool. They know that we know that we know that they know. Yeah. <laughs> I made a plan against your plan to make my plan to make your plan. Um, <laughs> alrighty, shall we move on? We shall. Okie dokie. Uh, Kayla from North Providence uh, here, more in our listening area, uh, writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. What do you think about reincarnation? Um, I wish you would do more shows about it. Uh, could somebody reincarnate as an alien or Bigfoot? Well, it's funny. Remember that time uh, the, the producer uh, approached us about doing a TV series on reincarnation and we were going to investigate that? That never happened, obviously. Oh, yeah. yes. I do remember yeah, that. that I, forgot about, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I did too until uh, this uh, lovely person wrote in about the, with the question. And we went to... Um, we we met that uh, that woman who does regression therapy. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. now yeah. it's coming back to me. Yes. But in any case, reincarnation is problematic. 
Uh, one of the things we've discussed on the show is that, uh, of course, Einstein's special theory of relativity and his book, 1952 book, Relativity, uh, essentially indicates that all time uh, is just a function of our consciousness. It doesn't really have any objective reality. It, time and space really are the same thing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So essentially the message is there really is no past. There really is no future. It's all simultaneous. We only experience it in a linear way from past to uh, to future. That's how we experience it. And one of the, one of the drawbacks of as Ben has pointed out rather eloquently in the past, one of the problems with the human psyche uh, is in human consciousness is that we are very limited. We, our paradigm is very narrow, and we don't think there can be anything except past, present, and future in a linear way. Mm-hmm. We, we don't conceive of it any other way. But the science apparently says otherwise. So if you have no, if there is no past in any objective sense, you can't have past lives in mm-hmm. any objective sense. So as a result, that kind of shoots reincarnation in the foot, at least. Uh, <clears throat> however, we do have an alternative. In our opinion, these these parallel you've got parallel lives mm. instead of past lives. So I, I suppose in a way it's six of one half dozen of the other. And uh, for many, many years I've always asked regression therapists. And matter of fact, we, we, when we met with that one that time with the producer, we mm. asked this. Yes. Do you ever encounter <clears throat> people who describe, you know, when you regress someone, in other words, you hypnotize them, uh, the, the, the hypnosis is, an, uh, is a separate issue, uh, and you bring them back to quote-unquote past lives, uh, you ask usually, okay, well, what year is it? Or what's your name or where are they? All the, you know, the usual spatial and temporal stuff you would associate with our narrow paradigm. And I always ask, do you ever have someone who says, uh, gives you a date in the future? Uh, and I, I've gotten some very interesting answers and responses. I said, funny you should ask. Uh, I remember there's one in Vermont, as a matter of fact, told me that just last week somebody told me it was uh, it was some date in, in the, the 22nd century. 2148, I believe it was, or some time Ah, future lives. <clears throat> future lives, yeah. Which, which also would be parallel lives. Right. right? And uh, there have been times when they have uh, not only described uh, dates in our future, what we would consider our future, but uh, worlds that seem completely alien mm. or partially alien. Again, parallel worlds with different laws of physics, all possibilities existing. Yeah, it does sort of fit in that in within that narrative that we stated earlier in the show. So <clears throat> this... Um, essentially would take reincarnation ideas to a new level. And one of those levels would be <coughs> excuse me, that um, you have other forms of life that share your super life. Mm. In, uh, in what, this is rather uh, <coughs> a shock to some people, but in the exorcisms that I was dealing with as an assistant to a priest, these were, in my opinion, cases in which parasites who are multiversal creatures, uh, more than we are, can, can access, you know, in my opinion, in our opinion, different worlds uh, to feed, uh, would discover what we, uh, another term we had to coin, called the identity point, at which the parasite is the possessed person, and vice versa. The point in the multiverse, the, the particular world, with alien or not, where, where this identity point exists. Because I just got the feeling that, that 
the there was an identity not to the point where Hollywood would take it and have the the uh, quote unquote demon you know controlling the person you know floating around the room although I, I have seen things like that uh, that there was a, a more of a cooperation almost a federation between uh, the uh, the victim and the parasite the host and the parasite uh, that can be very close there was a bonding that, that takes place and uh, that essentially is what uh, is what can happen so uh, to the point of, of Kayla Kayla's question yes I think you can in a manner of speaking uh, <clears throat> share the life of an alien in a very real way it's, it can be part of your super life reincarnation in the classical sense that does not seem to be possible uh, under the if these laws of physics are, are accurate and correct, but I think the identity point can exist between you and an alien. Now, and sometimes, now, whatever you mean by an alien. Now, uh, if you're talking about um, uh, denizen from outer space, somebody from another planet, sure, that's that's entirely plausible, I guess. <clears throat> but uh, you also have. Uh, Parasites, which to me are aliens, in that Bridgeport house in 1974, that creature I was facing, I was trying to protect that little girl, this was an alien creature. Now, I don't know if it was from some other planet, it certainly was totally other than human or any kind of, it wasn't a spirit because of this physical contact. So it was kind of, uh, again, a, a new experience for me. It shattered my belief system, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, and this sort of thing. So, yeah, anything is possible. But as far as reincarnation as an alien, yeah, I, I would say you would have to uh, broaden those terms uh, very, very uh, specifically. And, uh, it, it, again, it's, it's uh, a much um, deeper approach, I think, that uh, that that is possible. Uh, but I don't think the term reincarnation. Uh, I think it has to be reinterpreted. Yeah, I, I was. That would be my first question, which is, what kind of reincarnation are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. Again, because there's so define many, our terms, right? Yeah, because it's it's important, right? Because there's there's you know the reincarnation sort of defined by um, whether it's it's different sort of variations of it in Hinduism or um, in in Buddhism or. Or any any other sort of sense, and then there's sort of the the westernized modern version of it, which is I'm going to be me now, and I want to be me forever. Yeah, which is is just very very narrow, and you know it, it's it's just that's the question, right? So it's like you know we have to kind of understand what we're talking about before we kind of move into that realm, and that sort of idea of you know being me now is just. And being me forever, it, that's that's kind of the problematic portion of yeah, it. Yeah. Because I think it's an it, assumption, right? Yeah, exactly. And I I think that sort of the way of understanding it um, in its original sense, I, I guess, is in itself multiversal in a way. Mm. Um, because if if the goal is to kind of move beyond, you know, kind of being where you are in whatever world you are. And, and kind of moving beyond that, maybe engaging in one sort of quote unquote super life, um, perhaps that's really sort of the true way of escaping the eternal cycle. Or you know, but that's that's just a different interpretation of an old idea, which is you know kind of the, yeah. the one of the major issues anyway. Right? Well, the old ideas are uh, the older they are, the probably the more correct they are. But it's just it's the way we word them and interpret them that that will lead to a misunderstanding, perhaps. Right. You know, again, sort of common denominator, which is we don't really know. Right. Right. We, well, I, that's I, essentially the yeah. I, ironically, is is the 
common denominator is you know at the end of the day we're not really sure mm. and and it, I think I think you know sort of the the search for knowledge but also being comfortable with the fact that we might not know I think that that's that's kind of um, it's it's oddly a driving factor uncomfortable but also trying to find comfort in the uncomfortable if that makes sense yes yeah I think so yeah okay um, <clears throat> do we have any more I, I didn't put any more than that we do have a we do have a big one um, I don't know if you want to address it now um, maybe we could start I feel like uh, in, I feel like that'd be doing a tremendous disservice you think so okay pers- All right. personally All speaking right. well if you think that's long you should see these <laughs> All right. we have a um, a form an online form people can access to re- report paranormal experiences whether they be uh, from the past or, or recent uh, and it's uh, behindtheparanormal.com and th- there's a link uh, up in the menu to uh, re- re- report a paranormal experience mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> people uh, very often write in with some very interesting experiences it didn't happen yesterday but happened uh, you know when they were children or something like this it might shed light on some of the questions people would, would have mm-hmm. um, I can at least maybe begin this one might as well um, this is a ghost or ghostly figure or a shadow person. And um, perhaps uh, maybe the, where, where I put the, the brackets there. Sure thing. Um, so the brackets are uh, <laughs> the brackets. So the, the experience goes as follows. Multiple occurrences in a past family home. Uh, throughout the home, many odd things happened all throughout the house and surrounding property uh, to include barns, fields, uh, mostly uh, and mainly in the house, living room, bedrooms, bathrooms, kitchens, hallways, uh, dining room. Uh, were all active. The first time I realized uh, something was odd was one night before we moved in. We were just staying over, and I was sleeping in a spare bedroom and was awoken by a sound uh, of a very large dog coming up the stairs and approaching the door I was in. Um, My future uh, uh, step family had a dog, uh, but I didn't think he was that heavy. I shrugged it off and was trying to get back to sleep, uh, but the dog was in the hallway and was getting closer and sounded really big. The panting sound uh, was way higher from the floor um, than it should have been, and it started to growl. I thought the dog might have forgot that I was there, so I called out Rusty. Um, and all, you know, when I when I realized that the family dog was underneath the bed, uh, whimpering. Uh, that I was, and it was the bed that I was sleeping on. I could still hear uh, the panting outside the door. I turned on the light and uh, in the room and blasted through the door, hoping to scare whatever it was uh, more than I was already scared. Uh, but there was nothing there. When we moved in, things didn't get any better. Nor did it uh, matter whether it was day or night. Things would move as if uh, it would move of their own volition. Uh, people would disappear temporarily and come back with no idea that they had been gone. Upright shadow figures would walk through the rooms at all times of day, uh, moving things and sometimes touching people. Radio alarms would go off. Uh, or radio alarms could work with no batteries uh, and being unplugged. One of uh, my friends had the great idea of using a Ouija board in the living room. <laughs> things got even weirder. Uh, pictures Shocker. would fly from shelves without knocking anything off of the shelves in front of them. Um, a set of witch chimes, quote-unquote, would frequently ring with no wind. Uh, cabinets would open by themselves, and the kitchen could rearrange itself during the night. Uh, faces would sometimes peer through windows. Uh, things in the barn would move on their own. Male voices could be heard. 
when there was nobody else there, there were many witnesses to strange events, including people who did not live in the house. Um, one night, I had an invisible something come sit beside me on the bed, put its hand on my legs so firmly that I lifted the covers, uh, and we could see an imprint of the whole hand pressing on my leg. Uh, I, I jumped out of bed and screamed, no thank you. Huh, at least polite. polite anyway. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's probably about all we have time for. Pretty but much. Textbook, and uh, the name is at the end uh, of those forms. Uh, mm. Text, who's that from? Uh, Tara. Tara, okay. Yes. All right. Uh, textbook, intersect, another term we had to invent, intersect point, multiversal intersect point. Number of worlds existing in the same place. We'll, we'll get into this more deeply. Uh, we don't have an open line show until November 8th. Uh, <coughs> or actually, yeah, it's only a few short weeks away. Yeah, it's only a few weeks away. So anyway, um, that's about all we'll have time for. But uh, Ben, why don't you start us off on our announcements here? Alrighty, so let's just hop right into it. The Greater New England UFO Conference will take place at the Wilton Town Hall Theater on Saturday and Sunday, October 10th and 11th. No, it's only two weeks away. Yeah, and Susan Susan called in earlier, the organizer, and told us about it as well. No, I'm so. excited to watch This Island Earth. Um, I know. Because of COVID restrictions, this event uh, has been has a limited audience. Um, it will be a Bigfoot and UFO uh, film festival. No speakers, no vendors. Uh, we will broadcast the show live from the venue on Sunday with a special guest, uh, Nigel Watson, British UFO researcher. Uh, there will be a private dinner to honor my dad for his 50 years of paranormal research as well afterwards. Yeah, uh, NewEnglandUFO.com. Uh, you have to reserve in advance. Uh, the following week, the Western Connecticut UFO Conference will take place via Facebook Live or Zoom. I, I'm not sure which. We had a long conversation yesterday. I'm a little confused. I'm going to leave it up to you, Ben. Anyway, that's going to be Saturday and Sunday, October 17th and 18th. It's a free annual event sponsored by the Danbury, Connecticut Public Library. Along with ourselves, speakers will include our own Shane Searway, Mark D'Antonio, along with Linda Zimmerman, Mike Panicello of Connecticut MUFON, and more. On Sunday, uh, we will simulcast our show from here at WON with special guest Dr. Bill Burns of the UFO Hunters TV series, New York Times bestselling author and publisher of UFO Magazine. And additionally, we have word that the New England Parafest will take place uh, on April 10th and 11th in 2021 in Kittery, Maine, uh, and that we will do a live broadcast from that show with a panel of the speakers on Sunday the 11th. Uh, more information will be forthcoming. And you can certainly check out our books uh, along with uh, those of our other co-hosts at our show website, <coughs> BehindTheParanormal.com. We can also find out more about the show, our many cases over the years, public appearances and how to book us, along with some of our uh, almost 900 free recorded shows from our 12-plus years on the air, including our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And past shows back to late 2009 are also available on major podcast platforms, including YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, the Paranormal Radio app, and more. And uh, soon we will have all shows back to 2008 uploaded to these apps. And if you do happen to listen to us on any of those and there's a way to give us a rating or leave a comment, that yeah, it's nice. Mm. It, it helps us grow our show, helps us know you're listening, and uh, yeah, it takes take a little bit of time and do that for us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay, so uh, what's going on next week, Ben? Alrighty, so next week, April, April, <laughs> October 4th, uh, we will welcome back author and researcher Nadine Lalich, who will address the question, are there ETs among us? Hmm. We leave you today with a quote from the 13th century Persian philosopher and theologian Rumi, everything that is made beautiful and fair and lovely is made for the eye of one who sees. Mm. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us 
on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time, maybe with another Rumi quote, here on Behind the Paranormal. We'll see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.